life was like a box of chocolates. There is no place like... You talking to me? All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Nobody puts baby in I could have been a contender. He's looking at you, kid. Here's Johnny. A very particular set of skills. Your milkshake. Go ahead. Make my day. I'll be back. I am the father. I'm Spartacus. Say hello to my little friend. Why so serious? You shall not Welcome to the Real Features Podcast. My name is Sam Lavery. I'm joined by co-host Paul Cookson for what is going to be a very excellent episode. I can feel it already. We have a very special guest joining us today. This individual is a documentary maker, author, and radio personality. He's put a fatwa on Rove, had run-ins with Ray Martin. He's produced and starred in multiple TV shows. He has written several very successful books, including his latest entitled Puff Piece, in which he takes on big tobacco. He is also a member of the influential hip-hop group Raspberry Cordial, or Raspberry Cordial, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is John Safran. How are you, John? How come for a bunch of uh, supposed film obsessives, all your background posters that I can see over the Zoom are all sports-related and not, no evidence whatsoever that you, um, um, uh, even, you've even watched the film <laughs> it's because it's, we're frauds john yeah okay, it's I true so. <laughs> yeah we actually don't know anything about movies really so. i wonder if there has it been afl films it has been i i've i've sat through a couple of like local ones over the years where i can't remember their names now it was around the time when because when the castle became a big hit then suddenly for the next 20 years, every Australian film was like the little guy, you know, it was like the castle, but instead yep. of the airport and the little, it was like the blah and the blah, you yeah, know, yeah. The, the multinational fast food chain and da, da, da. Yep. I know my friend Marco Tool will hear this because he, he was involved in that particular one. And he'll be like, oh, I can't believe Safran is there backstabbing my movie about the big multicultural fast food chain that takes over the little one. I'm not Mark, just, you know, I'm giving it sort of promotion. Yeah, exactly. People go back into the back catalogue and rewatch it. But I guess it's like a hard pitch to uh, a funding body to make it about AFL because they'd be going, well, how's this relevant to anyone outside of Melbourne? And, you know, like I know more recently it's gone national or whatever. And then... Like, but coming to think of it, no one's really now. You know how there's just you know like bend it like Beckham and stuff. Yeah. There's not like an AF. There's not an AF hoop dreams. Um, what about yeah. what about that one when they're on the ski sleds, the Rastafarians? On oh, the, oh, cool, cool runnings. runnings, classic. Cool running. Yes. That is a, so surely if there can be a cool runnings. There can be an AFL. Like, that's true. <laughs> I mean, bobsledding. Yeah, bobsledding. It, it did have John Candy in it though, which was pretty good. He held yeah. it up. Yeah, um, the, believe it or not, there's actually been a few AFL ones have come out, but clearly they've all been so memorable that we can't even, as Australians, we don't even remember them. But um, yeah, it was one not long ago. But yeah, oh, like what? what yeah. Which ones? You can't even remember. There was names. a 1970s one called The Club. Um, oh, is that was... um, is that what's his face? That because that's based on the play, isn't it? Is that David Williamson the play? Turned into a movie. Could have been. There's some research books yeah. in. I know. <laughs> there, there was another one though, more recently, John, um, which I know had Nick Cody in it, the comedian, and that oh, was yeah. a football one. That was like probably two or three years old. Um, I cannot remember the name of it. Yeah, 
but it was I think you're 100 percent right it was a small club battling it was going to get closed down they've got to play for their future it was that type of storyline yeah. and there's a multinational <laughs> airport <laughs> fast food chain um football mogul who wants to shut it all down yeah yeah those moguls you gotta watch out for them oh, hmm. Actually, I I'm, I'm realised there's a bit of um, projection here because I actually did write a film script uh, where it, there was a – I have to have forgotten about this because, like, people, especially when you sort of, like, get onto the scene for the first time, like I did with my first doco thing, then suddenly you're like, oh, maybe he can write a film or whatever. And I did write a film about <laughs> where there was, like, a multinational fast food <laughs> – I can't believe I'm, like – projecting this onto my friend Marco Tool when really like it's just because I can't take responsibility that I did it as well and at least he got his made well I was going to say maybe it's coming from a place of jealousy mm. <laughs> I wonder is... if I've written other I'm trying to think whether I've written other films I'm only saying this this is an indulgent this is because I'm on a film podcast. do you know I, I was trying to think of other things involving me in motion pictures I was asked to audition for he died with a falafel in his hand, the Australian <laughs> film. But I didn't, I, I just thought, I know this might sound strange, but sometimes I think I'm going to ruin someone else's project. Yeah. And <laughs> no, I have not, I would have been honored and all that stuff like that. But I just, I really can't act. Was there an element of relief when you didn't get it? Well, I didn't audition for it. Oh, I didn't you didn't aud- audition for yeah, it? Yeah. I, I kind of, I had such respect for the filmmaker, uh, Richard Lowenstein who'd done Dogs in Space, so I did not want to ruin his movie in any way by even turning up for the audition. I just thought I'd be wasting the time on that day. Do you know what I did audition to and, and, and failed? This is quite, I don't think I've ever said all this or whatever, so this is good. This is anyone, great salacious. Anyone editing my Wikipedia? Yeah, guess. Or something or? No, guess, guess. Guess what it was. All right. Give us, give us a clue. Like, is it any type of genre? What yes. are we working with? So it was a, a voice acting thing. Only voice. Yep. Yeah. And actually, coming to think of it, I don't know if I can even remember it, but it was something like, <laughs> it was something to do where, like, I got to be a seagull or... Okay. I don't think it was like, was it a real big one? It could have been a real big one that then ended up going to Rove or something. But oh, um, it was like a seagull. <laughs> it was like, that's why that's why he he got his revenge on me. Like yeah. I, put the fat yeah. one, I put the fat one on him, but he yeah. the, the <laughs> seagull in, flight, in Fighting Nemo or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say. I, remember, I, I turned up to like a hotel room because that's what they do with um, when they're going around the country. To It's like because they're based in Sydney or whatever. And then they like hire out a hotel room and then you kind of go up to this hotel room and they've got like a, a sound set up and everything like that. And I, I really tried, but, but it didn't, um, yeah, it didn't eventuate. The other thing I auditioned for via, I don't know how they found out about me, but it, is there a film called Dinner with the Schmucks or something? Yes. yes. Yep. And uh, I think it's got that Zach. Galifianakis in it. I think, I think it's yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely yep. the one. And so I have no idea why or how it happened. But even though it's an American film, yeah. I was there in a boardroom in Melbourne <laughs> being filmed, like being one huh. of the guests or whatever. Yeah. But all I could do was play myself and <laughs> and really, they really, uh, yeah, playing myself wasn't enough, which is fair <laughs> enough. Okay, I, I, think you, 
turn down all these roles, but I'm very glad that you decided <laughs> to come down. and join the Real Features you, you've Podcast. You've been turning down roles. Turn, what do you mean, turn down roles? No, I failed to get the role in The Dinner with the Schmucks. I turned down the audition for Died with a Falafel in His Hand. Also, okay, this is another thing I did, is that, so when I was, when I first was like on Race Around the World, which was a documentary thing yeah. or whatever, and I had my then manager who was going, oh, listen, I, that's right, because Jim Owen had yeah. done a film where he'd kind of essentially played himself and like Nick Giannopoulos. The crack. Was it the crack? Yeah, the crack. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Nick Giannopoulos had done that. And obviously in America, there's a whole tradition of that where it's like the person essentially plays themselves or whatever. So they wanted me, someone wanted me to write like basically John Safran's The Crack and me play myself. So so then my then manager said, listen, because he was quite an honest man. Listen, like you're really going to have to go to like an acting class. <laughs> and so I went to this acting class. I really liked it. But again, I was so, in, I was like really embarrassed because everyone there had a, like I've got my skills. So I'm not being like totally self-deprecating. I know I'm kind of can be good at other things or whatever, but I really felt like everyone there, these people training to be actors, like really had something. Yeah. <laughs> like whilst all I had, I was like, stand, I was like, I wasn't only neutral, I was negative because I can't say anything that doesn't sound like it's me. Like, can you imagine me being in anything? It's like, okay, we're going to have like a serial killer film and John's going to play a serial killer. And then I walk into shot and people in the audience are meant to forget that it's John Safran. Can you do any then, impressions? Yeah, exactly. What about me in the crown? Okay, I'm, I'm just going to play, even if it was like a real minor role, I'm going to play a servant in Buckingham Palace. As if anyone who knows me in Australia is can watch the crown and then like, I walk into shop and you're meant to like, oh, that's not John Safran. He, he's just, he's so lost in the role. So anyway, so I did this acting class and I was the whole time I was so embarrassed, like that, I, that I could never act or whatever. But, and we used to have to take scenes. Like we were assigned the scene that we, then we'd spend a week learning the lines and go back. And do you know who else was doing the class was the guy who was, who is, the lead singer of Hunters and Collectors. Oh, right. The, the Australian yeah. band, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was doing it too. And... Uh, was he good? Oh, well, yes, he was. Because he went on to, um, like, do plays and stuff, like proper oh. legit plays and everything like that. So uh, Mark Seymour. Oh. So I was doing... Anyway, so one week... I had to do a scene with Mark Seymour, and guess what it was? It was a scene from, is it called Point Break? The yeah. one with Keanu Reeves? Yes, whatever. Best. Oh. And so I forget whether I was Keanu Reeves or the other guy. Patrick Swayze. Yeah, Patrick Swayze. I was either, I was either <laughs> Patrick Swayze or Keanu Reeves with Mark Seymour from Hunters and Collectors playing the other guy, and we're doing a scene. I haven't seen the film, but is there a scene like set in like a fast food restaurant or something like that? Oh, anyway, sure. It's been a while, but yes. Yeah. So then me, goddamn, having to act in front of these people who like have skill sets. <laughs> and, yo, yo, yo. Yeah. Uh, why are you packing that gun or whatever it was like? 
So it's a role you're born to play. Yeah. Yeah. And, then we, and scene. Yeah. And, then you, and pause for a pause. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so I can understand why you got me on this film. Yeah. It's becoming my... apparent really quickly. <laughs> Uh, that's so. Have you actually ever had a role? Have you acted in anything? Have you had a role where you yeah, don't like I've play been yourself? in short, like I've been in short films with, uh, you know, like student films. Yep. Also, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, you haven't seen my nearly hitting one million views new uh, King Gizzard and a Lizard Wizard video clip where I play oh. the uh, the guy sort of after a hard day or a hard night kind of at the club. I, I, I you know, I, I implore you to look at that. Yes. People, people like that. Now, when I go down the street, like I just have these kids and they think I'm, I know something that like, I go to this gym, right. And you have these mm-hmm. kids and they go, Oh my, they can't believe I'm the guy in the King Gizzard clip. Right. <laughs> and then like what it, I, I'm wearing, like a sweatshirt that's got something on it. And they think I know something, if you know, yes. like, fashion, like, I'm wearing this because this is something, you know, that people like he knows about because yeah. they're like on the cutting <laughs> edge the know, of fashion yeah. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, that's probably been my best acting performance because I trusted, I trusted the director, John Angus Stewart, who he told me, by the way, he's going out, he's working on some other film or whatever. And I'm waiting for the call. Like, yeah, I went, yeah. you know, when he was doing the video, I was, I, and I gave it my all this in this video clip because I have to pay it, play an idiot. Like I have yep. to like really let myself go and uh, be crazy or whatever. And, I, and when I was discussing it with him and we both agreed, it's like, there can be no ironic detachment in this. Like we can't, it can't be like, I'm winking at the camera yep. and whatever. But I, I'm, I'm kind of good at that because I don't, I, I like kind of giving it all. Like I've done like docos where it's like, oh, I'm just going to fall all into it because yeah. there's no other option. Yeah. Like there's some of my stuff you can't do half pregnant. Like it can't no, be like, can't a, even though I kind of come across as sarcastic, often in my performances, I try to like really park that to one side and I'm like well, going, no, no, no. I'm just going to go all, all on in and go crazy because it's just not going to work if I'm like half pregnant or thinking, because I, I basically learned my lesson from um, bad Johnny Depp films. Yep. So you see the, the mistake he made, <laughs> I'm sure he really wants my opinion. Yeah. We, maybe, he was now, moment, who knows? <laughs> yeah. He might, maybe, now. he might. Yeah. As a witness. But you see, I feel like what Johnny Depp has done wrong is that he had that one film franchise where him, being ironically detached and kind of giving almost giving a wink to the camera is of course pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Yep. And for whatever reason that really works, that, yep. that idea works, but he does it. He ruins every film besides that yep. by doing the same wink at the camera, like as somehow he's not in the film. Or like, oh, I realize it's weird that I'm, yeah. you know, whatever that barber one where they cut people up. Oh, oh, yeah. It's pretty yeah. much the same okay, character in so many films now. It's yeah, like but the even, same. Yeah. Even um, like the Hunter S. Thompson ones. Oh, um, yeah, it's like, it's the same thing. It's like, cause yeah. I'm, and I'm not like just dissing him. And I've got a real, it's like, he just never does. He always does this sort of implied wink at the camera that he knows this is crazy what we're doing. And like, and like, I'm like, obviously this is a bit silly or whatever. It's like, you don't need that. Yeah. Like Hunter S Thompson's not 
when you read his book, he's just looking like a fool. More people have to like throw themselves out and just go, oh, this, I'm going to be a fool and it's either going to work or not work. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the responsibility of artists is yeah. like, like, yeah. Although no. in some cases, other people do have proper skill sets, which means they don't have to go that option. But when yeah. you're like in my situation, <laughs> it's like that's that's the only thing to do. I would argue that it's a skill set because that's very it is hard to do to bring yourself to go flat out into something that's also uh, the average Joe would find that quite embarrassing. Like even yeah. I mean, an example from your I guess <laughs> what I've seen. I'll be embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. John Saffron versus God. In some of those episodes, I mean, you go full on, like in the exorcisms and things mm. like that. And when the priest is trying to, like, you're in that. Like, you're. Oh, not... yeah, yeah. You, you just like lose yourself. And also, yeah. it's, it's also out of respect that sometimes I'm kind of thinking, man, I get to have this experience. This is like wild. Like, first of all, it, it, even on like a creative level, it's like, man, so many people would love to be able to go out into a doco or write a book and all that stuff like that. Like, I've been given a real privilege situation that i can't squander this because it'd just be like the world's biggest jerk to squander <laughs> something where like so many people would want your opportunity and then on top of that is like the ex experience is like wild like if you're hanging out with these religious types and they want to put you through this experience it's like something you're not going to be able to do in your flat at home so you yeah. might as well <laughs> yeah take advantage of it yeah yeah and, it, and that is a perfect... And that's why <laughs> I'm a better actor than Johnny Depp. Exactly. <laughs> and that is going to be the tagline we use to promote this podcast. John so. Saffron claims he's a better... <laughs> no, I don't... I, like, he's obviously very good looking or whatever. And, you know, I kind of half... Oh, I've always been... Why has this turned into a... I, I don't... Like, because he's already down... And also, God damn it, his fans are, like, really... Really passionate. This is oh, a yeah. really yeah, bad move for me. I really like him. He's very handsome. He is. He's unbelievable. I liked him in 21 Jump Street. The oh. uh, I watched 21 Jump. I'm that old, uh, dear yeah. listener, that I like watched 21 Jump Street first time round. So I've been into Johnny Depp <laughs> longer than you have. Yeah. Johnny Depp um, fangirls <laughs> and boys. And I've, I've been a big supporter since 21 Jump Street, the original uh, TV series. Hey, did yeah. you watch those films, the remakes of... Yeah, uh, it, it well. hasn't. Yeah. It's like very much just based on the very loose concept. Other than that, yeah. uh, do you know what the, the the first one at least? I forget because I, I watch both of them and I forget mm -hmm. which one is which or whatever. But do you know the first one? I think was the first mainstream thing I saw where the joke was about how the culture has moved on. Yeah, and so slightly older people are kind of fumbling about a bit because the joke, like the joke that was so funny, I think in the first one was that these guys are going back to high school. And when they were in high school, it's like, if you were the jock, you were cool. Yeah. And if you were like, there was something like minority about you or different about you, like you were bullied or whatever, like in a, a John Hughes film or whatever like that. Yeah. But, but now they've gone back to school and like the backdrop has changed with sort of, um, woke culture and everything like that and they, they're all confused by it it's like yeah. well, why aren't you all bullying the kid with the slight lisp and everything like that <laughs> who's clearly projecting campiness or whatever and um yeah that was the first film that kind of did that so yeah they should get kind of credit for that shouldn't they, <laughs> they no, i think but like, so. do, like for i doing, don't think they are though no <laughs> <laughs> and i think johnny depp was either in the first or the second one too yeah. as a surprise 
That's Pass. right. Yes, now they cameo. can't. Have you noticed they can't yeah. hold back on like the celebrity cameo? Like they yeah. like oh. when when like, when like so much of the energy is like you didn't expect it. Like there's that new film that's out. I forget what it's called. And uh, uh, Brad Pitt has a celebrity cameo. Yes, oh. he's somehow like seven times in the trailer because yeah. like that. Because they it's can't a few re- like that. Yeah, they can't resist like. Yeah. Like oh, a- a- actually, let's let's falsely imply that Brad Pitt is a star in this movie because that's gonna yeah. Get- and then you oh, watch it's like it, every you're like, Bruce Willis thing he? now. I mean, every every film he's churning out like. The oh, did you hear pitch. about that? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, yeah. Well. About how there's accusations of elder abuse that that he's in a stage in his life where he's got I don't know exactly what it is, but some some kind of version of dementia or something similar, yeah. Yeah. and that. His people around him who have a financial interest are still like pushing him into films because it's like, oh, let, let's squeeze some more, you know, blood out of the He's just rock. got a day rate and people will just pay it and then shove him on the, the front picture and stuff. And he used to have an earpiece that would feed the lines into his, yeah. So it's, Which, um, God, it was John, so sad. Fun, when, it was like, in fact, I was just going to say with the earpiece, your mate Johnny Depp uses an earpiece for all these uh, lines. They yes. feed him to him. Wow, it was so sad to because it would be. It's like one thing if like um, Bruce Willis was just doing it for the like whatever he, um, uh, what did Bernie Madoff, Mandolf, or whoever had got it had taken all his money, or he just yeah. wanted to set up more better things for his kids, or he just wanted to kind of have fun. But when you kind of heard the theory that perhaps it's elder abuse, Jesus yeah. Christ, that's a more way to kind of drag down, oh my drag God. down the vibe, yeah, you know, just a tad. <laughs> But imagine, like, on set, too, they're like, he's obviously not well, and they're just, yeah. like, wheeling him onto a set and just yeah. putting him in pictures. Rolling him like, out there right. and just, yeah. And he was great. Again, you won't know about this because you wouldn't have been born yet. That yeah. There was a TV show called Moonlighting where that's where Bruce Willis started. Oh, my God, that TV show was so great. And... uh there was, there was there 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 was good winking at camera, and it was very strange because they they they, they kind of like build up enough capital that it seemed strange that he'd suddenly turn to the camera, like in a Warner Brothers cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there'd be like seven episodes. He worked as a detective agency with Sybil Shepherd, and he's like oh. dead, dead charming. He's yeah. like as charming as like in uh, like Die Hard, but he's like younger or whatever, and he's like got hair, re- really he's got hair, <laughs> yeah. really flirty and stuff, and like so. So if you're like a millennial or a Gen Z, you should watch it because you'll get this thrill of like, oh my god, was there a time when like <laughs> you're allowed to do shows where like people are flirty and stuff? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're not going to be piled on on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, so you can get that transgressive thrill if you want. Anyway, totally. yeah. I've made it's... note of that, moonlighting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> we should um, actually touch on your book as well before we go into the uh, listener question. Ah, yes. through. But, I mean, your your yeah, I've been listening to the audio book of it, and I reckon it's, uh, uh, yeah, very fascinating topic that you've gone into. Um I mean, it's the question you've probably been asked a thousand times in interviews, but what, I mean, you obviously tackle some interesting topics. This one, heat sticks, ICOS, uh, you know, vaping. Um, how much hate mail have you received from Philip Morris and has a Marlboro man turned up for your door yet? Because <laughs> no, not... how'd you pick this topic? And yeah, how's Well, that, I just picked this topic because I was, oh, well, a couple of things, but one thing I was just curious about it where Philip Morris, yeah, the Melbourne people, they took out full page advertisements 
saying they're going to shut down as a cigarette company and relaunch as a health enterprise. <laughs> and I was like, what? And then I thought maybe it is true. Like maybe it's something like, you know, like the end of apartheid in South Africa, you know, it's like, and then I got into the details and what it was, they were rebranding. They were sort of, they were introducing this new product that they claim isn't a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And to make it even more confusing, it's not a vape. So this isn't like Philip Morris getting into vaping. This is Philip Morris wanting to continue to put out tobacco products and then, but just rebranding them as not cigarettes and giving, yeah. anointing a new word on them called yeah. heat sticks. Because vaping, <laughs> for better or worse, at least it's a significantly different product, which doesn't mean I'm not, I'm, everything needs a asterisk. I'm not saying they're, not dangerous (laughs) i'm not saying they're not dangerous or whatever but like vapes don't contain tobacco leaf and because they don't combine uh contain tobacco leaf they don't generate smoke so they but they have other dangers but anyway at least it's Mm. a different product whilst philip morris and melrose people were relaunched were rebranding a cigarette as a heat stick to try to <laughs> and they're getting away with it like yeah. in in europe they banned menthol cigarettes and then it was like oh yeah but they they had in fact it in what happens if philip if philip morris just has the gall to put out a product that looks like a cigarette and smells like a cigarette and tastes like a cigarette and is a cigarette but they just call it a heat stick not a cigarette and it's like they get away with it and yeah. it's like yeah menthol <laughs> cigarettes banned across europe Menthol heat sticks? No, that's okay. Yeah. So I was just like really curious about that. And I guess another layer to it was, because it's like a book. People ask me like why I do books. Like my my last three adventures, one being uh, true crime in Mississippi about this white supremacist who got murdered by this young black guy. And then my last book after that was about extremists in Australia and then yep. this one about Philip Martin. They're like, oh, well, why don't you do a documentary? And like when I'm listening to it, I'm like, why isn't this a documentary? And it's like there is an element to it where it's like you go where the work is. Yeah. And, like, and like, and it's like, like everything's fine in theory or whatever, but it's like, oh, no, Penguin, very enthusiastic about <laughs> me going out there and, and giving me a job. And it's like, okay, cool. I'll do that because yeah. – that's the job. And yeah. I, I really like it. And um, you also, there's with different mediums, there's different um, benefits or whatever. And I really liked with a book how it can be a bit slower in your research. Like yeah. you don't have to turn up somewhere with two cameras and you've got an yeah. hour. Like you can kind of like bumble around a lot more and yeah. like find the story, like turn up to rallies and like, oh, what's <laughs> going on here. And then, um, and it's just kind of like, it's like old school fun. Like it just, I feel like I'm a detective or something in yeah. the 1940s, like where I just get yeah. to like wander around and follow a scent. And, and, and It's like Chinatown or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, that's another reason. Although at the moment, um, although I'm not even sure what, who cares? Because <laughs> like, like, it's not that sad or whatever. Like I am filming a doco right, right at the very moment. Like this is my week off in between shoots. So so I've got I, I do have a, a doco that will be coming up next year. Awesome. In a real to real, like all my exclusives I do on the real to real podcast. Yes, it's uh, real features, but that's very close. Yeah. <laughs> it's what a real features. <laughs> what? This isn't real to real podcast. Oh, oh shit! What's that podcast? <laughs> 
Let me tell you, Real uh, to Real podcast has that's movie a better name in the too. background. Yes. Damn it. We should have done Real to Real, Cookson. Yeah. No, it's a huge no, mistake. No, they're the three triple R show, I think, called Real to Real, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. No, Real Features is good. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> John, should yeah, we... The uh, next, so what was the next project? So you said this oh, was yeah. a doco wanna, on what was the topic? Did you reveal that? Or is no, it? I'm not, I'm not going to divulge it just in case. <laughs> hey, there we go. The, um, Sorry. Wow. Way to kind of really... Um, <laughs> Convey that you're like just shut up, John. Shut up. The timing of shut that up. was so good. So I have to, I have you're to like, I'm not going to divulge anything, and then yeah. cooks and just. Goes, I know. Right, that's fine. Yeah, it's like I'm being. Um, no, I can't. I won't say what it's about. Doesn't. I haven't checked whether I'm allowed to or what. I'm sure. Like, who cares anyway? And yeah. like, but uh, yeah, it's just a doco as opposed to a book. The next thing. It's not on Australia's own version of the occult, um, uh, Clive Palmer and the United Party or anything like that. Is it? <laughs> no, although I should have. Not, I only get ads on YouTube from the United Australia Party oh, and, and, from, and from the Greens. Yeah. And so it's like, obviously, the normal people have decided I'm a lost cause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've like, got a live one here. Oh, we're, we're the two normal parties in the middle that most people vote for. Like... Clearly, Safran's a lunatic according to the <laughs> uh, the algorithms. So we'll get all the lunatic parties to advertise to uh, That's funny. Um, so, John, yes. we have been sent in. This happens from time to time. We get sent in questions, listener sure. questions. Yeah. And the one for this week that we want to pick your brain on, which is a that's a big question, and I'm going to say it right now. It is from Isaac Williams, and Isaac wrote. Who is a better filmmaker, Quentin Tarantino or Christopher Nolan? Oh, my goodness. This is the impossible the, question. Um, no. Well, well, first of all, I've seen every Quentin Tarantino film, many of them many times. And I think I can't remember about Jackie Brown, but mm-hmm. let's put that to one side. I've seen all of them in the cinema when they came out. So, like, I saw Reservoir Dogs when Quentin Tarantino was a nobody. No, and <laughs> no, no, not a nobody, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I saw that in the cinema because I, I think I, I was young and, yeah, I had this, you know, you know when you're young and you kind of just have this scent about what's going to be sort of cool or whatever like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I loved, uh, so I love Quentin Tarantino and I feel like he's, uh, ebbed and fl- he's like moved about a bit in his films, like to keep things interesting. Like it's really quite wild. Like you watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it's just really good. Like, I love that. Film. And absolutely, I and it. definitely, like it's like, uh, and just because like the mainstream film landscape has arguably got a bit more uh, marvelly, and <laughs> yeah. and yeah, so just it's tad. just. Just watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And so this is, what is, is this his ninth film or whatever? Anyway, and it's just so uh, tactile, so yeah. really good and so sort of better than um, lots of other films or whatever. And yep. so good on him. Yeah, And I, I even saw, I saw the his one misstep, which mm-hmm. was being part of the double feature for, what was that called? The Grindhouse? Death Proof. Oh, yeah, yes. Like Death Proof. But, yep. but when it originally was in the cinema, it was like part of a double feature. So it was like a shorter film. And there was, is his name Rodriguez? The other Yeah. Yep. 
And so I, I saw that in Los Angeles, like at, at a, at a cinema where they were really going the whole hog of doing like, let's make this like grindhouse movies from a past era when, no one actually who's turning up to this actually really had heard about what Grindhouse is or Double Features yeah. until they were like read about it to come to this film or whatever. And I was like one of those or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm like, I'm really big into him. I also, uh, when he released Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. which I saw in a, I don't want to um, make everyone jealous, but I saw that in like the, the advanced screening in a small Okay. Like the small cinema, like yeah, I, yeah. and the reason I got to see the advanced screening in the small cinema in Melbourne was because he was coming to Melbourne for the Melbourne International Film Festival to mm. play uh, to launch Inglorious Bastards, and I got to be the Q and A guy with him. Oh, oh wow, man, that's the best! So you've hung out with Quentin Tarantino. I've hung out with Quentin Tarantino, and not only that, because this was Quint- like would have been two thousand and nine. So this was before it became totally socially acceptable just to pull out your phone camera everywhere and yeah. just record and take shots and selfies and everything like that. Like we, there was still a sense of like dignity back then. Yeah. yeah. And so one of, <laughs> one of my, one of the things that nearly slipped through my fingers was like, I never actually got a photo. Like it just wasn't a thing in 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, but I spotted. I re, I recall there was someone backstage, like an official photographer who was um, taking photos, and so years later, I contacted the Melbourne International Film Festival. Well, kind of be that many years later, seeing we're not that far away from. And I said, "Oh, do you know if you've got that photo?" Yeah, and yep, and they dug it up for me, and now I've got oh, it framed on my wall. Wow, that's awesome. Me and Quentin Tarantino, and there's a third guy. Because you didn't have to pick Tarantino in this question, then it sounds yes. like you're with him, and you go. <laughs> and there's a third guy who run who called Richard Moore, who ran the um, Melbourne Film Festival that year. And I was thinking of like cut, like I was going to say slicing him out, photoshopping oh, out. That's so. <laughs> but then, yeah, and so it's just me and Quentin. But then I was like, no, nah, that's where the photo. Like, why would I do that? Like, it's actually a better photo with this extra guy in there. Kind of, so. but then you could also have superimposed your face on his body. So there's two of you. That yes. could have been good too. So oh, there's yeah, two Safrans and one Quentin. I don't know. Do you know the throwing out ideas. Do you know my worst mistake I ever made? was because I'm just thinking about these photos thing is, you know, the book of Mormons that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. when they came out, the uh, Trey Parker. Who's the and Matt dude? Stone. Yeah. Matt Stone. They, I went out to dinner and I was too, I thought it was like too kind of dodgy to sort of like, oh my God, get a selfie or whatever. And then we we're even like walking down the street afterwards at, at the restaurant and like a girl recognized them and said, Oh, can I get a selfie with you two guys or whatever? Or with you guys, it was only one of them. This sounds really bad, but I can't remember. <laughs> but anyway, so then, <laughs> then um, I had the opportunity. I really desperately wanted it and yeah. I just didn't do it. So now it's like slipped through time. So I, and now it's just a memory. That that you, yeah, I know. It's just tell a memory. Mental photo. Yeah, mental photo. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so, so yeah, I'm re- I really. Um, I, I've gone through obsessive Quentin Tarantino phases. Okay, so then when it comes to Christopher Nolan, like I guess when I first became aware of him was um, 
Maybe what were his films before the Heath Ledger Batman one? Memento was a big uh, one. Oh a yeah, Memento. Yeah. My God, I'm glad you mentioned that. Loved Memento. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That is that a very right? cool film. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know if I'm misremembering it or whatever, but like yeah, that's a that yeah that might be his like the film that like I didn't know he directed it when I watched it at the time or whatever. And I was like, oh my god, I really love that little trick he's done in the whole film. Yeah. So yeah, Shooting I love it in that. reverse essentially. Yeah. 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 Then I had um, yeah, so so then then I saw the Batman with Heath Ledger, like or whatever. And so I'm sort of I'm aware of him. Yeah. I yeah. I know he's I know some of and I love the the more recent is it Dunkirk? Is that the yeah, one? Dunkirk? Yep. That's yeah, right. I really saw I saw that at IMAX. I loved it. Yep. And although so I guess we're getting around. I was thinking about how to discuss these two things, and I reckon um, dialogue mm. um, might be the fil- main filter I look through both of these um, filmmakers through. Which you know, because that's a bit different, really, because everyone would be thinking, "What well, a film!" Like, why not talk about the uh, I don't know the visual the, aesthetic, the, the, or... the mm. visual aesthetic, or whatever. Yeah. So this is this. I had a problem with Batman, and I don't know how mm. much to base it on like well that's he was writing it because i think him and his brother wrote them or whatever and i don't know how yep. much to base it on well no he's just being true to the original batman like the the comic books that he's basing them on or whatever right but and this is this is it and, and it actually i actually like learned things about dialogue by watching that and then watching things like the sopranos and stuff like that yeah where i don't like how the joker Heath Ledger's Joker, so not his acting or anything or the way it looks or anything like that, because it's obviously great, is that he says what he's going to, he's literal as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, if someone was mad, like, for instance, the Joker will say says some things along the lines of, like, I'm mad. You never know what I'm going to do next. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm an anarchist because I want to watch I the, world burn burn. the world down. Yeah. <laughs> Whilst I think it'd be so much more powerful and scary if he's if all the dialogue was the opposite. If yeah. it's like, I'm normal. Like, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? I'm normal. And it's like, what the fuck? Because that's how, like, that's really scary. And, yeah. like, and you probably know from your personal life that, like, the people who are truly lunatics are the ones who don't know that they're lunatics. Yeah, that's whatever. They don't well, have the self-awareness. Like, yeah, exactly. So particularly in Melbourne, yeah, you have a lot of, like, oh, I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm an artist. I'm crazy. Look at my kind of multicolored clothes and everything like that. Whilst the actual crazy people aren't like that. They're yeah. like, they think they're normal. Yeah. So, and then when I was watching Sopranos, because I think I, I was really late to that party or whatever, but I started watching that around the same time. And I just realized that's what's so brilliant about the Sopranos, which is at every moment, pretty much. It, it's, it's very rare that this isn't the case. At every moment, whatever's coming out of the character's mouth is not actually what's going on. Yeah, like every every everything's either spin or a lie, and 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 how aware the character is of that they're lying or spinning is beside the point. So I'm not saying, but it just meant like you watch the show, and it's just so much more exciting to watch because nothing's the truth. What's coming out of their mouth, and then like I think the way where you just see how this. That, that kind of method of writing dialogue is really awesome is in Breaking Bad because mm-hmm. the main dude, Walter White, he has two lives. He yep. has his family life where he has to lie 
about his um, drug dealing life, but then he's got his drug dealing life where he has to like lie and pretend yeah. he's a bigger drug dealer and lie about it. You know, yeah. so he yeah. has to like, and, and that's why the acting's so brilliant by what's his name, Brian Cranston. Cranston is yeah. yeah. like he just has to flip constantly about which reality and and but both realities, the dialogue coming out of their mouths is lies or, yeah. or at least spin. So, so that's yeah. kind of like why I, I, I just think, but, but, you know, I think Christopher Nolan should think about that. I'm also a dodgy. <laughs> I'm also a dodgy. I did just little tips. <laughs> Come on, Chris. <laughs> uh, Chris. Do you know, I once had a, I once had a fight with an ex-girlfriend who was a playwright herself. Well, not really. And it was one of the rare fights or whatever, because she was disappointed in me. Because I said something like, um, oh, you know, Chris Nolan, he's like employed his brother to like co-write the script or whatever, like narcissist or whatever like that. And, and she was so disappointed in me because they're like, that's such a reductive way to look at something. Like yeah. that's such a basic bitch kind of analysis. <laughs> like, because it, it's like no narcissism, like because narcissism's got like a bad rap. Where, well, not narcissism, so not narcissism. Uh, what's that one where you help your family out? Nepotism. nepotism. Yes. Yeah. yeah, nepotism's got a bad rap when really, like, you look at like families and they set up a little business and then they mm. get their sons and daughters to be the waiters and then they build on it. It's like, so nepotism's like just really cool and interesting. And also, if you were in a writing dynamic, the fact that your brothers is actually going to have a lot of yeah. interesting dynamics because you're bringing all this kind of pain and unresolved issues about yeah. what happened in your child so yeah she, so anyway so i i was like no nah, you're right you're right playwright lally <laughs> the um um so yeah i'm not criticizing christopher nolan for writing with his giving his brother a gig because that yeah. probably makes it better or whatever <laughs> but don't you think it's a bit suspicious that because chris nolan always gets into trouble for having mumbly like the actual audio not being good, like the you know yeah. Interstellar or whatever. There was like yeah. in a lot of the reviews, it was like I couldn't really hear what what anyone was saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, why has he gone to all that effort of of doing this like film where it's like really expensive? He's even got like the IMAX cameras that are like extra expensive. Yeah, and you know the then he's like obviously the the catering for the actors and stuff and all those caravans it's like the, it's really mounting up like yeah. a lot, a lot <laughs> of thought and effort has been put into this and then why are all the space uh, astronauts go, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, why, like why wouldn't you just get that right anyway i'm suspicious maybe he just doesn't know he's like the whole thing is like he doesn't know how to write he kind of picked up what I picked up on. Maybe that the dialogue was written like no, it wasn't great in, it's a bit the, weak. <laughs> in the Batman thing. So now he's been trying to cover it up by kind of like not recording the dialogue correctly. Also, in Dunkirk, how brilliant was that as a visual? Treat? Oh, amazing! I oh, saw it on. I saw it uh, as I said on IMAX, and I want to brag that I, you know, Oy. yeah. <laughs> I also saw the Joker. Gold class. Oh <laughs> yeah, Wait, was that. it gold class midweek or on weekend? Because it's 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 more expensive on the uh, weekend. You know? I can't yeah. remember. I was just like throwing my you know my money around like. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I noticed in Dunkirk, I was loving it. I was loving it, and then it's really holding holding off on having any dialogue, and that's like 
Yeah. That, that, that becomes really great and really tense or whatever. It's like, what's happening? When's someone finally going to speak? And, yeah. going, and then finally, when I think like about the seventh hour in, when <laughs> Kenneth Brenner playing the Pisces captain or whatever he did, <laughs> yeah. when he did start speaking, I was starting to go, I did go, hmm, I think maybe this film was better. Before without, the dialogue started. Without talking. Maybe, without the talking. <laughs> should do something. Yeah, no, maybe, exactly. Maybe Chris Nolan just doesn't know how to write dialogue, <laughs> despite the, the nepotism job he gave to his brother. Maybe <laughs> despite what Lally Cat said to me, maybe she's right in general. But in this particular case, his brother's just not delivering the goods. And so he just he's putting out these moves. He's done, he's done both tricks. He's done Interstellar, where yeah. it's like, <laughs> oh no, that, that was the point. The point was you would better. And then he's done Dunkirk, where he just holds up off the dialogue for as long as he can. Well, but what what yeah, what's he gonna do is his, his next film? I did actually um I don't wanna I did start watching the what what's it called? Oh open uh was it um, Oppenheimer? Yeah, yeah Oppenheimer? No, yeah. not Oppenheimer, you missed one. Tenet. Oh Tenet. Yeah. Oh gosh, yes, yeah. And I but I you know that. I don't blame, I'm not blaming because I'm like really, especially at home, like if I'm watching with someone else, I can watch a thing a whole way through and obviously at the movies with someone else. But if I'm on my own, I've got a very, I, you know, I, I find it very difficult to like, I got stuff to do. I can do Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so Tenet might have been good or whatever. I, I mean, I, I really, yeah. And obviously, so, can I just underscore, because I know a lot of Chris, I like he's, clearly super talented obviously you know what i mean and you know you just have to look at some of my work like imagine people like going oh john he must be so brilliant that he's there criticizing all these things (laughs) i'm like typing john saffron into youtube this guy (laughs) (laughs) this is the guy passing judgment on Um, the anyway. guy who turned down was a man with a falafel or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a falafel in his hand. Yep. So, uh, um, so I've got to say that, uh, yeah, I much, I, I, I've just, in a very real way, I've lived life with Quentin Tarantino yep, and yep. his movies. So I have to go on, 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 on that level. Yep. And, uh, I, I, yeah, I've just, I, I'm trying to, I'm, and Inglorious Bastards has grown. When I first saw it. Um, I don't know. It just wasn't it didn't quite land with me, or whatever. But it's become more and more important. And like lots me, because I'm Jewish, and me and lots of my Jewish friends, we use it as kind of a bit of a an anchor, like a reference point, because it's about yeah. Jews fighting back or whatever. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we love it. The the, the thing I love about both that and uh, I remember watching that, and then also his next one, which was Django Unchained. Which yes. Was, mm. The the uh, black dude getting yeah. for Jamie Fox, I, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. And I just thought with those two films, I just go, this is this is these are the only films that should be made. <laughs> it's like films <laughs> where you change history because like that's yeah. kind of cool. Like why why, why not? And because yeah. I really hate I, I know this sounds because I'm you'd think I was like into these things like that, but I really don't like watching like like not that they're not really good, like, but things like Schindler's List, I really don't like watching them. Not that they're not brilliant, but it's like it just drags you down a bit. You wouldn't watch that every week. That's not yeah. what you've gone for, you know, <laughs> hey, let's just watch something fun. Let's and just- it's so demeaning. Uh, like, I, I remember when I was younger, there was a film called 
track. It's either Tracker or The Tracker. And I think it might mm-hmm. be, is it Ralph to here? I hope I'm not getting the director wrong. It's an Australian film. Okay. And it's about this Aboriginal dude and there's a, he's a tracker and then there's some English guy on a horse and he's like dragging him around for some reason. I forget what the details are. And, and anyway, the Aboriginal dude has got like a chain around his neck the whole time that's being oh, wow. held. And then I get it. It's like, it's really important we know about history. So I'm not having a go at it or whatever. But, and obviously like we have to learn more about history. But I was thinking like, if you're an Aboriginal person watching this film, like, like it's a bit of a, I mean, I'm not speaking on behalf, obviously with different views, but there'd be a bit of a, like, it's a bit of a drag. Like it yeah. drags you down. I'm, only, yeah. I'm basing that on, like when I watch Schindler's List as a Jewish person, it just drags me down. I, I like, I just much prefer Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> yeah, where they <laughs> change the story. Where they oh, change yeah. the story. And Terrence, I mean, yeah. and that's a theme throughout, like from yeah. that film onwards, that's a theme where he does that several times. And also yeah. he makes it so clear. Like, so it's not, you, I don't think you can file it away with like, oh, he's misrepresenting things or people are going to get confused because it's such a nah. twist on the actual history. Yeah. Mm, and it's just like, yeah. um, yeah, so that's why I was thinking like Quentin Tarantino, who's not Jewish, is my favourite Jewish filmmaker yeah. <laughs> on, on Inglorious Bastards. And uh, do you know another thing that's glossed aside with Quentin Tarantino is his surname Tarantino. Why is it Tarantino? Italian. And yeah. I feel like uh, I'm not, you know, this might be my personal taste or it might be a fluke or whatever, but pretty much all my favourite filmmakers and all my favourite films are made by Italian-Americans. Yeah. Well, that's not his real last name, though. I don't think. I think he changed that. He chose that last name. Yeah, pretty sure. No, I think. No, I think he's got a dad. I think one side. Oh, actually, no. You might be right. Maybe he took it from his. He's only half. He took it from his dad's side. No, I think you're right. Sorry. He's only half, but even half is enough. Yeah. But like Francis Ford Coppola, Apocalypse Now. Yep. Godfather. Godfather 2. Notice how I very pointedly stop at Godfather 2. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I also Apocalypse Now, as I said, like, that is amazing. You've seen that, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 How, you'll never be another <clears throat> film made like that. Where no. you've got to, and you've got to watch this on the big screen if it ever show, comes out again, or whatever, because sometimes I bring it There'll out. There'll be again. a rem- remake, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. But, but you know, so when they've got this wide shot that you're watching on the big screen yeah. and there's like three helicopters Crazy. in the background yeah they're like real helicopters yeah that, yeah and yeah. Uh, where did they shoot i don't i know they didn't show it in vietnam they shot it somewhere else either cambodia philippines i think it might yeah. have been the philippines but it was in vietnam i think but yeah i think they, so yeah. they so <clears throat> the government at that time in the real world i think it was the philippines they were like in some little skirmish with some rebels or whatever so francis ford coppola's production team they sort of got the choppers yeah. when it was like their day off from being in these little wars and so that's actually not a like imagine the degree of difficulty of like oh we're not going to cgi it we're going to have actual helicopters and yeah we're kind of renting them off the government where on the days off and there's these actors in the foreground just doing their yeah, dialogue yeah. thing, and like, imagine if you flubbed a line. That's why. That's why you can't have me being the goddamn actor. Because if you've done this amazing thing, and also that the things that they did in that film, like where like the trees are on fire, that's happening. Yeah, like it's real. And there's there's definitely dodgy stuff that, like, obviously, like it's probably a good thing you can't do that anymore. 
But anyway, yeah, so yeah, he's amazing. Then, of course, uh, Martin Scorsese, like, oh. what a strike rate. Oh Martin God. Scorsese, like, yeah, he's there's a few dodgy ones, but what a freaking strike rate he Man. has. He's his strike rate's like Tarantino's. It's like, how yeah. do you just continually, even these films that people say are like a bit lame, uh, or like, what's that one that's set on the island? Like, oh, the, the, the island, I think it's got no, no, Shutter Island, Shutter Island, Shutter Shutter Island. Island. yeah, Shutter yeah, Island. So just, like, yeah. like, people go, oh, is that like just a bit schlocky and everything? It's like. Really? Man, for a schlocky film, it's like oh, if that's your it, worst film, yeah, like, exactly, pretty well. Like, and then like Wolf of Wall Street, like oh. he just does it again. Yeah, what about that? Yeah. It, he's my favorite in, filmmaker. Um, what, what yeah, about in Wolf of Wall Street? That great scene where they're on is it uh, Jonah Hill? I forget which one, but they're they, yeah. they're on drugs that makes them slower. The quaaludes, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're crawling yeah. to the car. Yeah. Like that's insane. That yeah. scene. It's like, yeah. and yeah, yeah. there's there's. There's so much of it. There is a dodgy bit of that film. I reckon there's an, because I'm like, obviously I've got way more, I give way more leeway than anyone for like dodgy, dodgy things. Yeah. But I reckon like Wolf of Wall Street was dodgy that they had the real guy um, stunt cast at the end of the film. Cause that yes. was like a weird up into that point. It's more, and, and I'm talking creatively. Cause it's like, if something's like, um, you're watching a film and it's like, oh, this is showing like bad behavior, but like maybe it's showing bad behavior in a good way because it's judging it or it's exposed. Yeah. And so, so the, the Wolf of Wall Street travels along that where it's like messing with your head a bit because you're watching it and going, oh, this is a bit unethical. And it's like, no, 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 they're just showing how yeah. like, things or yeah. whatever. But then when they had the actual guy who'd done all the dodgy stuff at the end, uh, like stunt casted him, then that yeah. became like, uh, they kind of ruined it was like oh okay so you are saying oh this behavior was okay because otherwise yeah. what why are you stunt casting and endorsing him yeah <laughs> yeah that was that was a brilliant and that's your favorite say. filmmaker that- you <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, sorry well. Paul. i was gonna say uh, uh i shouldn't uh after that as well i i Quite a Nolan fan as well. After you, so that's why you've been so quiet. You're yeah, I'm really not. offended by what John's yeah. been saying for the last half an hour. I actually no, think if I you think... say I'm mad, I'm an anarchist. It is quite yeah. scary. <laughs> no, I so think... from this podcast so far, we can tick a few things off. He hates Johnny Depp. He's giving Nolan um, tips. Like, there's a few headlines coming from this, which is pretty good. <laughs> um, no, but I think I think you yeah. Well summarized. I think um, I mean Tarantino's brilliant as a filmmaker and his knowledge of world cinema is amazing and and like he he even australian cinema his insights on that is unbelievable his dialogue is yeah pretty unbeatable and stuff like that i think with nolan it's more there were movies like the prestige and um um yeah uh the inception and and things like that just like the original storyline he is almost like i feel like the closest thing we've almost got to like a kubrick these days in a world where we've got so many um remakes and sequels all those sort of things so it's um yeah it's a pretty tough question but um i don't know sam did you have a a look i i probably side with john i'm a massive tarantino fan and i just think he's yeah his strike rate's unbelievable and i kind of more grew up with that like i still remember the first time i saw pulp fiction and um films like that so love Nolan and I'm a big fan of all his work, but for me, yeah, I'm I'm on Team Tarantino probably. Yeah. Yeah. And also he's, he's been a... so there's so many people who like derivative of him. I'm not saying that in a bad way, that it, it, that can be lost a bit. Like mm. that whole joke 
of violent people having small talk conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's Tarantino. Like, yeah. like, yes. I'd, oh. I'd like to know if there's a film before Reservoir Dogs that quite nails that joke of sort of yeah. like, yeah, like violent people on their way to killing someone and then, you know, you know, having talk a about a hamburger about, or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's so and true. Also, and also, if it was that easy to do, why is everyone else bad at it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially, yeah. un, especially like after, like, yeah, after Pulp Fiction, like pretty much everyone was trying to do that. Yeah. Mm. They just couldn't yeah. write the dialogue. He just, he's, it seems like trivial stuff, but it's really, really well written, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I speaking, know, oh, sorry, go on, John. Oh, no, no. I've also been a bit dodgy on that accusation that it's like, oh, there was this Hong Kong film that did the same thing. And because I do think he kind of does this alchemy where he kind of, it's respectful and he makes something new out of it. And like everything's based on, you know, all the, the, just everything's based on something. You know what I mean? Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For sure. <laughs> that, was, that was my poorest defense of him so far. <laughs> but I should speaking have just shut up. Of dialogue. Yes. We've come to a very special part of the podcast. Oh, yeah. And it's called, it's a segment, very popular segment, John, Huge. called Name That Meaningless Dialogue. And oh. what we do here, <laughs> ah, what we do here <laughs> is I, uh, I will quote, sometimes I even perform it really poorly. Sometimes I even misquote the dialogue. Um, yeah. of be completely really wrong. Kind of, might be the wrong movie. Might be the wrong language. Whatever, but I'll try and make anything. it right. Yeah. Um, and it's from one of the films we've just spoken about. Ooh, and it's okay. generally just a, a throwaway line from not one of the main characters. Hence, it's kind of meaningless dialogue. So I will extra. say the line and <laughs> yeah. see if you can get it. Okay. So here we go. I'm sorry. I didn't realize the two of you were so close. <laughs> hmm. I'm sorry. Okay, so we can rule out Nolan, I reckon. <laughs> that's like that's, that's already too, that, too, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's more words than there was in Dunkirk. It's more words than that we're in Dunkirk. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were close. It sounds really Tarantino-y. Is it? Um, okay, I'm going to go. It's either Kill Bill or Pulp Fiction for some reason, or maybe not. Maybe it's Reservoir Dogs. Oh. <laughs> is it reservoir? Because this is what it could be. For instance, I'm not saying it is, okay. but it could be that when the cops being tortured in Reservoir Dogs and the other guy standing up for him, the third guy says, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were such close friends." Oh. I'm kind of thinking. I'm trying to read from your face whether that's right. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just smiling. I'm just like. Ah. <laughs> yeah. um, it's okay, it's got- definitely you're on the right track with Tarantino. I'll say it again. It's it's sassy. It's sarcastic. Mm. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were so close. Oh, okay. So maybe it's Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction for some reason. It might be later Tarantino if I'm going to help you out here. Okay. So, oh, Hateful Eight. No, later than that. (laughs) Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, my God. You got it. (laughs) Do you know know what scene? Do you remember what scene? I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were such close friends. Um, No, I don't. No, so it's when Brad Pitt's character Cliff goes to the Spawn Ranch and he's checking on his friend George and the the hippie is like, when did you last see George? And he's like, oh, about five Uh, years ago. And she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't realise you were so close. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) That's why it's meaningless dialogue, John. I got confused, of course, because I haven't revealed this yet. There's so many plot twists here. I've even read 
the the book. You yes, know how so have I. Yeah. The longer ah, version of it. It's great. Yeah, where it's like the the his kind of Tarantino-y little referency thing was that in the old days, because there wasn't even VHS, let alone streaming, that they did uh, book adaptations. What do you call them? Mm-hmm. Is it they could adapt um, book? Oh. Serialized bookalizations, or so uh, people listening no, to this novelers, yeah, it? novelizations yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, they did novelizations of like films because yeah. there was like a market for it. Because like you've just gone to see The Empire Strikes Back, yeah. and like, what are you going to do? It's not on VHS, and it's not you know, and let's read about it. Like, yeah, let's read, <laughs> and and they'd get like authors to like after the fact write a book based on the based on the film and so he did that to his own film and it's it, i really liked it i really so liked, did I. I thought it was a good book but did you notice that people say there's a mistake in the first line mm-hmm. where where he uses the expression or at least the first paragraph he uses the expression dictaphone which is like a recorder like where yep. you record notes when he means answering machine oh i didn't pick that up and no. and then it's like man is he uh, is everyone so scared to like correct him? <laughs> they just let it go. <laughs> they just let it go. I That's can't so... believe when you when he's interviewed, how he's like Eminem, where like how many plot like people just love them and give them so many awards and everything like that, but they're all like really defensive when they're interviewed. Like yeah, feel like they have to prove themselves, or <laughs> maybe they've just read like you know like bad haters on Twitter or something like that. But yeah, Eminem and and Tarantino should just like, (laughs) no, it's like 99% of people just think you're brilliant. So just like, let it, you know, don't. It's okay. You can relax a little. Yeah. Relax a little. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking. Yeah. So I was just going to say, John, you won the game of um, name that meaningless dialogue. So well done. Thank you. (laughs) Um, that probably brings us to the, our nostalgia movie of choice, yes. which you've chosen. Uh, it's Indiana Jones, The Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'll give it a quick summary for those who aren't aware or have been somehow haven't seen Under it, which I don't think there'll be many out Under there. Under the but, rock um, that chases Indiana Jones. Ah, the, that's it. the boulder. That's yes, it. <laughs> the boulder film. Um, directed by Steven Spielberg, of course, written by the great George Lucas. Um, cast includes Harrison Ford, Karen Allen. Paul Freeman, uh, John Reese davies um, had a budget of $20 million and made 389 so that's pretty uh, decent, sitting at 8.49 IMDb, 95% in Rotten Tomatoes. And, yes, um, I think, I don't know, I think the storyline, I think everyone probably knows what this one is. But, uh, yeah, why did you choose this? And does it have anything to do with, I heard <clears throat> on your Wikipedia that one of your first dates you actually went to Indiana, Indiana Jones as well. Is that, I'm well sorry. I don't know who this person is on my Wikipedia who <laughs> right. like writes about my writes dating that? life. <laughs> and I even went, it was one of the few things I, uh, uh, I was, uh, cause the only time I ever changed my Wikipedia page was when I went to Mississippi for my first book. And like, this was, you know, there was sort of like now everything like is out of control. Like I just realized like you can't control anything. Right. But the, like the first line was, Something along the lines, Johnny's well known for pranking people or something like that. I'm just going, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to be trying to get these interviews around this murder yeah. case. Yeah. And that's going to be the first thing they see. So I changed that line. And I did, I remember I tried to take out 
the thing about my dating. <laughs> and then it just popped up again. It went back in there. I'm like, really? oh, okay, it's enough. not your exes that actually just keeps putting it back in there just to yeah. make sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, Girl, you went on the date where she's like, Don't, you'll never forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I did see this film with my mother in, oh. in, in primary school. And uh, I just it connected with me. And it took a, a lot longer for me to, because when you're young, you just go along with the things you like and the things you don't like, you know what I mean? And you don't think about it that hard. But then in retrospect, I realized it probably screwed me up for life because there's a definite <laughs> philosophy in the film that is very appealing because it's quite dark and sardonic, but whether it's maybe I shouldn't have followed my life based on the sort of the message of the film. So <laughs> these are big issues we're addressing now. <laughs> so, the thing I love about the film and, or one of the, the things I love about the film, well, first of all, it ruins so many action films for me because I'm like, no, Raiders of the Lost Ark got this right. And why can't everyone just do what they do in Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. Which is just where all the fight scenes and all the things uh, and all the challenges are kind of ironic in a way. Like, for, like he thinks he's won in a fight and then this twist happens. It means he hasn't won or, or he uses him losing to his advantage. So there's never like, just compare that with like these Marvel films where there's like some generic, fight thing at the end that could be in anything or whatever and, and yeah. anything can happen and yeah. it's like and uh and that they're always disappointing because like sometimes i try to go along with them and i know this this is a dc not a marvel one but like for instance that wonder woman one said in world war one I. I tried mm. to cooperate i really did <laughs> i sat there and i'm like oh it's world war one this is interesting and da, da, da. and like i really tried to go along with it <laughs> and then like all those films i had to have like this generic anything can happen like yeah. fight thing at the end yeah. where it's like oh okay anything can happen and um but whilst in Raiders of the Lost Ark, every scene he thinks he's won, yeah. and then it ends up his arrogance that he thought he won like turns against him. Yeah, and even true. like within, even like within scenes, there's just so much of he thinks he's won, and then he hasn't. Yeah. And then and then he just like the next scene has to be like him trying to win again. And then yeah. And so it's just like how life is, where you think you've won and you haven't. But and also and spoiler alert. Well, I also love about the film that he doesn't achieve what he went went out to at the end, really, because yeah. what happens is he finds the lost ark, so he's won. But then when he takes it back to America, or when the ark is taken back to America, the government doesn't even know what it means. No, like, they put it into storage. They put it into storage with like a thousand other boxes or whatever, yeah. and so he loses at the end. But then, so th this taught me that. Life is just being on this adventure where you end up losing at the end, but it doesn't matter because like the adventure was fun, if you know what yeah. I mean. So you shouldn't yeah. be, you shouldn't be like not going on the adventure because you're not going to achieve your goals because you're like, what are you going to do besides the adventure? So the yeah. adventure is pretty cool. So that <laughs> really right. taught me that. And also, but I think it really did give, because the, 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 the whole film is so, sardonic and kind of uh, what do you call it sort of like really negative and like when i say negative it's like 
you lose. <laughs> you yeah. Lose. Yeah, yeah, and also the world's against you. And also, I think the other thing that kind of screwed me up is I like how he was on a solo adventure. And I really reckon I would have gone better growing up if I somehow felt like I was in a gang or whatever like that, rather than, because that's the other thing that's really appealing in that film. He's just there on his own. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so I really like that film. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, <laughs> but, but this, is, this is also how much I like that film is I don't like, the follow-ups that much i don't like them at all really and in real time like when i was young and i saw the second one i already knew it wasn't the first one so all that kind of grief grief people have to have to go through where it's like oh why why is there godfather three or why is there this (laughs) remake or whatever i had to go through that when i was 13 (laughs) and saw um uh the temple of doom like even the the Temple of Doom, like, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. Raiders of the Lost Ark is the only thing. And also, how amazing is this? Raiders of the Lost Ark has the most hilarious, like, final 10 seconds, like, where everything's turned on its head, yeah. like, which, which is the, the Ark being pushed on the cart into the storage room yeah. with the... But like, how many films have, like, this, after, like, one and a half hours or however long it is, just have this killer punchline that's just so great yeah so relevant and twists everything you've seen yeah. you know and he finally he's lost yeah. at, at the end and um yeah so good so i really like that i like yeah. how you're disappointed with number two and three i can only imagine you feeling after four and knowing there's a fifth one coming <laughs> shortly with like an 80 or 90 year old so <laughs> so harrison's yeah, well, in like- that one that's insane <laughs> yeah well that's like when that's why when everyone was complaining about the fourth one coming out, I was like, come on. Like the, like the, there were some things in the third one, which was Sean. Uh, Sean Connery. Oh, Sean yeah, there was something that in film. that. Yeah. <laughs> there was something in that that were like the first one. Like yeah. the thing I liked about that one was the fights he had with his dad. They were kind of funny. And yeah. also yeah. there was a bit of, there was a bit of what I'm talking about in the first one and in the third one of like, He's trying to win, but he loses or whatever. And then, yeah. I, I, but going back to Raiders of the Lost Ark, the other thing, because um, it's like so religious. Like when I was when I was younger, I wasn't like obsessed with religion or anything like that, or obsessed with Nazis. But this possibly set me off on my journey because uh, it's like yeah. religion and Nazis in it. And yeah. um, I, I I heard this conservative commentator. I read this thing they said about Raiders of the Lost Ark. I go, oh, that's true. That's true. Is that um, He's an atheist. Like he's a, such a skeptic the whole time. Mm. Like he's such a skeptic and he doesn't believe anything and he whatever. But then when the ark is opened, he says to um, his Karen uh, Allen. Yeah, yeah, Karen Allen's the actress, but yeah. Yeah. Says yep. clo- whatever you do, don't look at it. Yeah. Don't look at it. Yeah. Close and your so eyes. close your eyes. So this was like, you can be a skeptic, but still like, have a vibe that there's some things you know mm. that you you you, you should, like like because that whole thing doesn't make sense really in some ways but it kind of does it's like yeah. he knew when push came to shove that there was something bigger than him and there's yeah. there are things out there that are more dangerous than we know and so yeah he became religious in the sort of like the one moment where it was like it saved his life he didn't want to go yeah. get exploded into a million pieces or whatever. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I think I think that's another reason some of the follow-up films don't work is because you have to forget that. 
because I think they do that thing where he's like still like, oh, I don't believe, <laughs> I can't believe you believe in that, you fool. Can you believe yeah. these lunatics believe in this? And it's like, hang on, you're just tied to a pole when, <laughs> when the Ark of the Covenant was opened up and a giant ghost came out and started melting everyone's faces. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't live through that. And then yeah. the second and third film be going, uh, I can't believe these kooky people believe all this, <laughs> this supernatural stuff. But that would be a funny film in the second one if they kept that in and his character developed that he was really religious yeah. and that he yes, exactly. found that himself and he'd found God and then he didn't really need to go on these adventures. But that's a pretty boring film. And do you also think, I, I remember watching years later again for a second time, The Last Crusade, is it kind of a bit on the nose and doesn't quite land the the, the ghost of like the crusader he's just like some guy in in armor like like compared with like the the mystical ghosts and, and even yeah. also some of the stuff in the other films like where it's like supernatural it's just like this guy and he's slightly <laughs> faint they put some effect on he's slightly faint but he's like it's like monty <laughs> python and the holy grail yeah, or whatever yeah. it's like like but i i kind of i thought i'd cut it some slack anyway was that I'm the like, um, I don't, you I don't chose poorly guy? Was that the guy who's like you chose poorly? Oh, that's that another crusade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. a guy though, like right? It. The pale guy you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I read a funny one as well. I'm kind of ties into what you said, but even take away what Indiana Jones does in Raiders, like he didn't really make much of a difference to what happened to the Nazis in the end. Like yeah. they found the Ark and they screwed up and yeah. the Ark kills them and Indiana Jones has a cool adventure in there, but it doesn't really affect. If, even if it was out of the oh, story, yeah. the same conclusion would have happened. Yeah, yeah I've heard that. I've it. heard that criticism, and yeah. I remember on. I, I think I saw a clip where I think on Big Bang Theory, like that's one of the you know how like one of the characters is a nerd, and so yeah. he comes up with that theory, and everyone in the audience in the can, either real or can love, woo, woo, like you really like. <laughs> debunked the whole thing of like Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, no, no. Let, let me tell you, like Raiders of the Lost Ark versus Big Bang Theory. No, it's not happening. And also, it's like I explained before, it's like, yes, you don't change anything, but you had a good adventure along the way when yeah. while not changing anything. Exactly. Yeah. Whilst ever, well, yeah, that's much better to go on the goddamn adventure and run away from the rock and get the ark than like sitting at home on the couch like watching Big Bang Theory. (laughs) I can't argue with that. You're right. (laughs) Um, John, we've come to a very exciting part of the podcast. Ah, yes. So this is the Raiders of the Lost Ark trivia. So it's just true or false. I'm going to throw a few questions at you. Okay, I'll be Just do your best. Yeah. Um, In the famous scene where Indiana shoots a flamboyant and marauding swordsman, originally he was meant to fight him with a whip. But due to a bad lux of the night before causing food poisoning, he came up with the choice of just shooting him and Spielberg went for it. True or false? Well, I've read that's true. That is true. But also, isn't that awesome that like when you're creating art, like just you've got to like factor in and you've got to like, doesn't that really say good things about Spielberg and also Harrison Ford that you kind of like have, you go with it, you float yeah. around with it a bit. Cause that yeah. is like, yeah, that's so funny that, and obviously it's so much better. The film, although we never would have known if, if, if he hadn't thought of it or whatever, but yeah. So, so that Spielberg and Harrison Ford are kind of 
Indiana Jonesing it a bit yeah. in the making of Indiana Jones. It's sort of yeah. like yeah. going with the flow of it all. Yeah, yep. it's a beautiful thing. Number two. Do you know? Do you know? I've oh, also sorry, never watched a behind the scene. I don't want it ruined. So I've yeah. never. Wa- Even though I'm obsessed with this film, when I was young, I used to watch it on VHS like every Saturday morning. I've watched it so many times. Yeah. And but I still. And when the internet came around, and then suddenly it's like, oh, hang on, there's all this behind the scenes stuff. I've never watched it because I don't want to ruin it. I think that's kind of nice. You don't yeah. need to. It ruins the yeah. magic of it. Absolutely. You don't need to see the string sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number two, the boulder that Indy famously outruns in the opening sequence was made from a mixture of wax, plasticine, and nine kilograms of goat hair. True or false? I've not, well, I've never read that or whatever. So I'm now I'm doing that whole like reverse, like trying to get into your mind about whether, <laughs> like, it's a second question. Like, why would it be goat's hair? That's what I don't get. <laughs> Like, I'm going to say false. That's correct. There's no goat hair. <laughs> it was made from fiberglass. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. When you think of it, like, why would you? Like, goat hair is hard to get. And, like, what, what is it about? <laughs> I just made it up because it sounded stupid. That's why so I was like. What is it about goat hair that was like. <laughs> get into it. <laughs> goat hair reads as rock on film. <laughs> Just, you know, maybe it was just what was around, and they didn't. Fair they ball, just, just <laughs> rolling. <laughs> uh, all right, number three. Even uh, though the film had George Lucas and Spielberg attached to it, it was initially turned down by every studio until Paramount picked it up. True or false? Uh, I imagine false. That's true. Oh wow! Yeah, no one wanted I to think... touch it. Why not? It's a really good film. <laughs> yeah, well, hindsight, hindsight's a hell of a thing. But it's guess, what it needs to. Like, yeah, insane. I guess they were going, they were going, oh, this scene where he kind of uses the whip to get the gun out of the guy's hand, this is a bit long-winded and not very credible. And yeah, they, yeah. they didn't know they were going to solve that problem later and on. And this goat hair boulder, it's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Um, all right, number four. Lucas was originally against casting Ford as Jones in the film. I imagine yes, because I think uh, uh, Tom Selleck, Tom oh. Selleck from Mag- Magnum PI, was their original choice. Correct, and that's very good extra points for that um, trivia because that's right about he even Tom screen Selleck. tested and was ready to go, and because of his yeah contract yeah. schedule, he, he couldn't do it, and he said he's still shattered to this day because yeah, crazy. Apparently, his mustache is impossible to remove. Also, so that was a point that they couldn't get around. Um, Who's this actor who more recently has been doing it? I think Paul Hogan might do a bit of that, where he talks about things that he could have done or whatever. Oh, he had yeah. a huge list, yeah. yeah. Really? But it's always yeah. a bit like you want, you want the whole story or whatever. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, is it like me going around saying I was going to be in dinner with the schmucks or, or yeah. like that? <laughs> I can imagine it's something similar. Yeah. It was even like um, a ghost. He was going to do Patrick Swayze's role. Like what? It was all these yeah. crazy roles that he had, like, and he, and he really? turned it down. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Have all you right. seen his latest one? Like, cause I can't, I, I can't motivate myself. Crocodile Dundee 15 or something. Is it? What like is there's, an, there's one which I kind of gather is a bit of trying to do the being John Malkovich. Oh, oh right. right, okay. That, so that, he's playing on, himself. Yeah, yeah, and it's sort of like, so, yeah, but I, I haven't watched it, and I, no. I haven't heard about it really. But no, it's, no. no. I had no idea. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, Paul's well out there. Just yeah. the Paul. <laughs> he's doing well. Um, 
Jeff Bridges was considered for the role of Indiana Jones. True or false? Well, let's say true. Like, why not? Yeah, why not? It is actually false, so I'm sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know. Maybe you for a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Number six. If you freeze frame during the Well of Souls scene, you can see the tiny engraving of R2-D2 and C-3PO on a gold pillar. True or false? I think I've seen this online and I think it's true. Because I think I think I saw that, yeah, now that you mentioned I think, yes, I'm going to go with true. That is right. That is true. Pretty cool. little Star Wars throwback in there. There's also a thing with the snakes, I think, yes. when... Um, you can see a bit of the reflection in yes. the in the plastic or whatever, yep. like the yep. clear the clear plastic. Mm-hmm. Atlas yep. wonders, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the snakes. Another snake tri- uh, trivia on that: a lot of them are lizards. And oh, you really? Can see, uh, apparently the giveaway is they've got like ear holes or whatever on the sides. Um, and, and hoses. You just cut up like hose and stuff. <laughs> just to, you barely got snakes Vacuums. from all around. Filled it and got them from all around the world. Any pet store he could, and he was still like. There's not enough snakes. We need more. And then he ended up just getting yeah, like rubber hose. And so, so if you mm. look at it closely, you can actually see like clearly some of them aren't moving. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I. You know. I. I was thinking of becoming an archaeologist based on that. That's how obsessed I was. I had. I had a in primary school. I had an Indiana Jones hat that I would have got from my, an op shop. Yeah. Walked around primary school a bit with it. And I remember I my birthday in grade six i was obsessed both with michael jackson and indiana jones what a combo wow and then it was what was i get my parents asked me what i wanted for my birthday and i was sort of like floating like should i get a whip that i saw in the window of the army disposal shop or should i get these michael jackson books or whatever and i i I'm, feel like i made a mistake <laughs> you didn't I get went, the whip did you no i went with the michael jackson books or whatever but then yeah. i ended up getting into the entertainment industry like michael jackson so maybe yeah so maybe that's yeah. for the best and the, but yeah. apparently it's funny you say that because there was a huge um uptake of archaeologists after indiana jones so mm. yeah i think that was the why. thing i saw yeah. a badge on etsy or something about a year ago where someone was playing the angle of that indiana jones was a colonizer and I think the badge just said that Indiana Jones is the colonizer. <laughs> but then I Googled it and I read the, like, it's not a popular movement or anything like that, but it was no, something like, was... like, oh, he just goes around and there's no acknowledgement that these, all these artifacts already exist in other people's cultures and he's coming to take it. Man, I've really oh boy. Out a People way just to, like, can't enjoy a film, up. can they? No. They can't just watch something. My God. Um, lucky last on this quiz, John. Indiana's whip was auctioned for forty three thousand dollars in nineteen ninety nine. True or false? Yeah, that sounds. I don't reckon they would have got it though. You think these things they go? You're gonna get like these big prices or whatever. But I've been, I've fallen down a few porn stars, P A W N stars. You know, yes. based on that porn shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, rabbit holes on YouTube, and yeah, just things don't all get you know you got liberace's ring or something and you think oh how, how's that not going to go for forty six thousand dollars yeah, yeah. And, it, and it kind of doesn't and <laughs> and even like picassos there's enough of them that it's like ugh, another picasso like imagine <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah, have a picasso at home and you just think like how can these not be worth a like it just yeah. <laughs> if i had a picasso 
it would not occur to me for one second that this Picasso is not worth a fortune because how could it not be? <laughs> just that name, you instantly. It's a Picasso, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. but apparently, because he's just done so many things, it's like, hey, hey idiot, there's Picassos and there's Picassos. And <laughs> yeah. This is a Picasso. Yeah. So, <laughs> so jog on. It's worth um, $46,000. Yeah. I'm going to say, did it go for that? Did someone. Did someone commit to that, or was it yeah, only it was auctioned that? for and sold for forty three thousand dollars in nineteen ninety nine? True well, or false? Did people have a lot of what was going on with the? Uh, was that like <laughs> lots of money? You know, or was it like uh, the recession? Or... I'm gonna <laughs> say if you're going into this, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I, I really feel like it's a yes, but I'm gonna go no. Oh, oh. <laughs> it is true. Oh wow, forty six thousand yeah. dollars. Yep. There's no way that person hasn't like you're not getting. I don't reckon you're getting forty six thousand dollars for it these days, based no, on my. But it's my viewing of porn pretty, stars. Imagine having his whip though. That yeah, is that would pretty be good. awesome, dude. Like, I'd just wear it down the street. I'd go shopping with it. Yeah. And just have it on my belt. <laughs> just in case, you never know. It's <laughs> amazing, but um. Awesome. But that is it, John. You, you dominated the trivia. Well done. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this podcast. No, You've been so you generous have... with your time. No, no, no. Thank you for having me on. Lots of fun. It was good to talk about my film career. Yes. Finally get it out there. <laughs> and and uh, hopefully some things are added to Wikipedia. Maybe so many things will be added that they'll decide, hey, we can't add this stuff without also taking out his dating history. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's not letting go of that, John. I, I think that's that's there to stay. Um, was there anything? I mean, obviously you've got the documentary coming out. Yeah. Um, Puff piece is available at all good bookstores and audible On an audio, audio book. Like it's a really good audio book, isn't it? Because I just kind of written right. like uh, like and me it's you flirting. reading it, which is yeah, I'm great. reading it. Yeah. It's yeah. not like um, some well-spoken, you know, British person. <laughs> I'm John Safran. <laughs> This morning I went down to the bagel shop to buy a bagel. (laughs) It's not like that at all. It's my it's my regular voice. Yeah, which is great though because you get it. I think that actually I love it with audiobooks when it is the author because you then get exactly what they meant by the the words. I think it's a really Mm. cool thing. Um, Especially if it's a diatribe, it just becomes like this bit where you get over emotional. I noticed that when I listened to Richard Dawkins doing the God Delusion, mm -hmm. and he kind of gets grouchy at some point <laughs> because he's thinking about it yeah you know who got it wrong because like if you think like i'm just going to be trashing johnny depp and christopher nolan i'd like yes. to go one more yeah you're let's go through believe this you're yep. never going to believe this you you no matter how much you guess you don't know who i'm going to go now okay like, <laughs> but you're going to be so impressed that i'm going there listen I don't want to, don't mean to mean, I, I have to go Barack Obama oh and, <laughs> and his audio book. Yeah. So I was listening to his audio book on the, uh, on the treadmill at the gym. This is, this is like, I, I, I think I listened to it before he became like when it was like, oh, maybe he'll win and maybe he won't or yeah. whatever. But then he's, he has this bit in the book where he goes, and I always remember my auntie saying to me, you got to eat all your stew or do And anyway, he puts on a voice, right? But then he does it with none of the other, with all these other people he talks to. Like, 
talking, <laughs> he's quoting these people all the time, and like the only voice he does is his aunt. And it's like, why didn't anyone pick that up? Like it was like again, it was a bit like not wanting to tell Tarantino that he talked. Yeah. He yeah. used the wrong term. He's going to tell Barack Obama. Besides me, I'll go there. That, yeah. that, 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 it makes no sense that. He's just doing the one voice. Like either do them all or do yeah. none of them. You know what? That would be amazing if he was a master of impressions. If he did yeah. all the voices, that would be. So imagine that. Yeah. Just doing every voice. <laughs> Goodness gracious me! <laughs> <laughs> right. He's just. He should have been an actor, voice yeah. actor. He shouldn't have been a president. Yeah. The um. Anyway, you want to wind this up because I was because the audience would be so annoyed if we kind of go into another thing it's a bit like when at the end of it was one of like the lord of the rings or whatever i'm sitting there in oh, the theater years, yep. and, and and it's like fade to black and yeah. like, oh my god they faded to black finally oh my god <laughs> finally i'm getting out of here and then so like gives it like 10 seconds and fader what no it's like it makes no sense i it was like because the first fading to black it's like there's a ship going in the distance on the horizon. It's like, <laughs> yeah. how can they possibly that not be the end of it? It fades up and they're like in the so magic weird. toadstool house or something. Yeah, there's another three hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but no, John, thanks so much for coming on today. It was, I know we both enjoyed it. You've trashed people. You know, you've, yeah. you've really gone for gone the Barack of, Obama. Yeah, yeah. Ended with Barack, which is excellent. <laughs> um, but it's been an absolute pleasure. And cool. um, no, we'll be looking you. out for this doco. We can't wait for it. Yeah, Excellent. the exclusive as well. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.